0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the show, The Future Cast. I'm your host, Cody Carpentier. You can find me on Twitter at Carpentier NFL with me again, today's Sunday, not Friday, but we're having a show anyways, is my man Andy Milnick at FFDataKing on Twitter. We got a big week coming up, talking about rankings today, we got a show next Friday talking about wide receivers, we got tight ends on the main slate today, Senior Bowl is exactly one week away. Andy, my man, how was your weekend? Good weekend, man. Sad to be a Packer fan though today, waking up.
1: Uh, I'm getting tired of it. I'm out. I'm out. I'm done. I
0: don't want to be—I don't want to be a Packer fan anymore. Man, it's—it's—it's it's, it's going to be a tough one there. I believe I read that they had the second toughest cap situation this summer, uh, with the amount of guys leaving and the amount of money due and all and whatnot. So, be interested to see what happens. But um, I wouldn't be—I put this out last night on Twitter. I wouldn't be against Nathaniel Hackett, Devontae Adams, and Aaron Rodgers walking into a bar together in Minneapolis or Las Vegas or something like that. I mean, I think that'd be pretty interesting in one of those two places. I don't think it's going to happen in Minnesota, obviously. I just don't think that's going to happen. But imagine if all three of those guys just picked up, left, and went to Las Vegas. I mean,
1: instant success, right? I mean, you're talking about them. the Those three together are clearly what's driving or been driving and holding up Green Bay for all these years. And it just makes me sad that it's – we've had <clears> – <throat> two quarterbacks in the last 30 years and only three Super Bowl appearances and two wins, it's just,
0: ugh, it's the worst. It's, t- it's a tough situation to be in, but you get good football every single season. You've been one of the best teams over the last 20 years, so I'm not going to give you much. Uh, you're not, you're not going to catch much from me because I've, I've dealt with the opposite side of that. You guys kicking our ass every year. So let's jump into some transfer portal news, though. There is a bunch of wide receivers that either going back to school in twenty twenty two or transferring. And we'll talk about a quarterback at the end of this, but let's start out at wide receiver. Do you like any of the moves from any of these guys? I'm gonna name off six of them that went back to school this year instead of declaring for the draft. Zay Flowers, Boston College, Dante Dimas, Maryland, Ronnie Bell, Michigan, Jaden Reed, Michigan State, Chris Autumn, Bell, Minnesota, Xavier Hutchinson, Iowa State, and Ianus Smith, Texas A and M. Any of those guys stick out where you're like, damn, I really wish he would have came out. Uh, the only one that sticks out to
1: me would be like Ronnie Bell. Like watching him play, he was a really smooth operator on the outside, and I liked the way that he caught the ball and his yards after the catch. The guy that makes the most sense to me for coming back is Jaden Reed, only because like you're coming back now, Kenneth Walker is going to be gone, right? I mean, unless you have high confidence, the next running back up is going to be just as productive as Kenneth Walker. You're
0: probably going to have more opportunity to shine and increase your draft stock. Agreed. Um, I was going to say Jaden Reed, but the other guy that I really just thought was going to come out because of the situation was Chris Autumn Bell. Tanner Morgan's graduating, and you kind of are a year removed from the Rashad Bateman, um, Tyler Johnson stuff, and it was kind of like, all right, it's his turn. He had a couple nice games, but I really thought Autumn Bell, Ottman Bell, was going to come out, and then uh, Zay Flowers. I really thought I thought he was just. Just a shoe in to come out, and he didn't. Uh, but we talk about a couple of guys transferring, and that would be Jaden Hasselwood transferring from Oklahoma to Arkansas, Jacob Cowing from UTEP to Arizona, and then Jacob Copeland from Florida to Maryland. Your thoughts on Jaden Hasselwood? Do you have any thoughts on Jaden Hasselwood leaving Oklahoma, obviously, after Lincoln Riley, and now he's going to Arkansas, of all places? I mean, he's one of, like, what, a billion Oklahoma
1: players that left after Lincoln Riley left? I mean, I'm not sure if he'll have success at Arkansas. I mean, Arkansas had a great season this year, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I would say if you asked 9 out of 10 people, they'd say they overperformed based on what their expectations were at the beginning of the year. So if he can make that program rise even, rise even higher, then good for him. man. I, I my uh, tip my cap to him. But the one thing that's confusing to me or that you don't really see ever is like someone like Jacob Cowing who's going from a lower – School right, group of five school to a power five school. You typically don't see that. Usually, see the opposite right uh, of folks looking for a greater opportunity somewhere. So I'm really he's he's really he's the one that really caught my eye. I'm going to keep an eye out for him uh,
0: next year for sure. It's very interesting and it's good because 69 receptions, 1354 in the air at UTEP as a redshirt sophomore. He's a little undersized, obviously, but like you said, going from UTEP to Arizona, and taking that next step, can he repeat? 1,000-plus yards at Arizona in a year transferring, and you see him come out next year as a redshirt junior. That could be a really interesting guy that could rise up boards very quickly. But before we jump in, there's a quarterback that you like transferring in the transfer portal right now. Let us know in the comments. Let us know in the comments. This is Andy's idea because I, like I he had, he asked me the question. I said, I, I feel like it's probably Ole Miss. What, in your comments, where do you think Jackson Dart is going to transfer to and uh, do you think he has what it takes to take that next step and be one of those transfer quarterbacks like a Joe Burrow that kind of rises up the Heisman ranks and can be successful? You th- your thoughts on that, Andy? Yeah, there's the
1: latest news on him is that there's a possibility he ends up at BYU, which is just – I mean, I, know, I think his girlfriend, I think, may go to BYU or go to Utah, so that's where people are kind of drawing the connection. Uh, but, yeah, it could be BYU, it could be – Oklahoma. i mean it could be oklahoma could be uh old miss it we really have no idea right now but he's so far as the hottest name in the transfer portal right now
0: <clears throat> i love it i love it so that's some transfer portal news now let's jump back into the senior bowl which is why you all came here there's only four seniors this is according to jim Nagy. there's only four seniors in this class that declined the invite to join the senior bowl this season which obviously is next week aiden hutchinson defensive end michigan Talked about as a top three pick, obviously, right now. Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. Declined offer to go to the Senior Bowl. Why? I don't know. Probably because he thinks he's already got that first-round pick cemented in. Jordan Davis, the nose tackle from Georgia, dominated last week, obviously, in the championship. I think he's a shoo for a first-round pick. And then offensive lineman Thayer Munford from Ohio State, which these offensive linemen, I don't know why you wouldn't come to the Senior Bowl to kind of... Get those one-on-ones. Maybe he's just like, I'm I'm at Ohio State. I did what I need to do. He's fine there. What are your thoughts on, like, Olave and Hutchinson, maybe Jordan Davis? What are your thoughts on a couple of these guys skipping out on the Senior Bowl in this competition? Do you you take that into account at all when you're looking at these guys and being like, I want to see – because, honestly, Olave not going to the Senior Bowl takes a hit because he would have clearly been – I think it's him and probably Jahan Dotson right next to each other at the Senior Bowl from a talent perspective. Is he running from the competition?
1: Yeah, the, the I agree with you. He's the one that like really sticks out to me, right? So Aiden Hutchinson showed out on paper, you know, was on the Heisman watch list, right? Went to New York for the ceremony. He's done kind of what he had to do, right? And and then he got you know absolutely leveled by Georgia in, the, in that playoff game. But uh, you know, yeah, to me, Chris Olave is the one that had a lot the most to lose here. Is his draft stock going to take a hit? Probably. I mean, it looks like he's running away from. Like you said, a lot of the other competition that's going to be there, right? Um, we'll talk about receivers this upcoming Friday, but uh, for me, like, yeah, I'd love to see him try and compete against Jihad Dotson, right? Or compete against some of the other receivers that he would have, whatever team he would have been on, to see if he could have outperformed them in the Senior Bowl, which to me, like I said, like you said, it, it raises a lot of red flags. Like, why... Why don't you want to be here? Is it because you're scared of the competition? Are you really think your draft stock's going to not improve? I mean, if he shows out, I mean, you're talking getting boosted, right? Potential first, second-round pick, or even higher than that, right? And and to not show up there, yeah, I think it's a big red flag for
0: me. Agreed 100%. I, I needed to see it, and there's been reports of Olave supposedly going to be running 4-3 at the Combine. Maybe he thinks he just wait out, go to the Combine, blaze, and then it's going to really lift him into the top ten, but I don't love the idea of him skipping. Just like I don't love Aiden Hutchinson skipping because he would have clearly been the front runner as well down here. And that would have just given him an even more shoe. And maybe, maybe it's maybe he talked to Detroit because I think Detroit is the hammer spot. He's right down he's right down the road from the Detroit Lions at number two pick overall in the draft. Maybe Detroit's like, nah, we don't want you to come out here and impress too many people and have someone jump over us, trade for the number one pick. You never know. Uh, but it is competition and you'd love to see these guys kind of accept it and bring more of it on. But let's jump into these tight ends. But before we do, we want to thank our sponsor underdog fantasy. Go over to underdog today. Use that promo code underworld. Get up to a hundred dollar deposit match. My favorite prop today, Van Jefferson over 35 and a half receiving yards against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They got Carlton Davis back, Jamel Dean back, but, it's Van Jefferson, and he's going to get a deep ball. He's going to get a deep opportunity, or three four five 63 receiving yards, 31-41 the last three games. Hit that button. Over 35.5 receiving yards on Van Jefferson. Go over to Underdog today. Use that promo code, Underworld. Now let's jump into these tight ends, Andy. And we'll start right at the top of the board. You see him right here. Our man, Trey McBride. Tell me a little bit about Trey McBride. Trey McBride's the GOAT, man of uh, this tight
1: end class. Uh, the Mackey award winner, you know, 6'4", 260. He's just, he looks like an absolute monster on the field. I can't tell if that's because he is actually just that much bigger than everyone around him or the competition he was playing at Colorado State was just a lot smaller. But he looks like he could kind of do everything, right? He can move, he can block, he can catch. I mean, his yards after catch and making defensive backs and safeties, you know, miss tackles in the open field. I mean, he looks like the absolute, you know, number one in this tight end draft class, for sure. Like, I don't think it's a th- question.
0: I think you're right on with that because I think he, at one point it was Jalen Weidermeyer, and it was pretty clearly Jalen Weidermeyer at the top. He was getting first-round uh, projections all along, and now it's Trey McBride who's projected 58.3 in the NFL draft. I think that's only going to rise. I think he could push up to that early sec- early second-round draft capital amazing body control, great catch radius, he's a yak monster. I think he's a mixture. People are going to be like, well, this is high-end comp. But I think he's a literal mixture of Kittle and Hawkinson because Hawkinson's bigger than Kittle. McBride's bigger than both of these guys, and he has the yak ability that Kittle does. Um, Ten pounds heavier, like I said, he's a playmaker. He's got that written all over him. He's a clear number one in this class for me. He's going to be an immediate starter. Uh, is he going to break out and have 1,000 yards like Pitts? No, but I think you're talking – by the mid, midway of year one, he's going to be making big plays, and I think it's actually a gap between him and Weidermeyer at number two. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. And like you said, Weidermeyer number two, I'm agreeing with you there, right, as we look through the rankings
0: here on the board for these tight ends. Number two for me too. So we agree on Weidermeyer, but Weidermeyer is not going to be at the senior bowl. Drop down to number three on my list. Isaiah Likely, Coastal Carolina. I'll jump in quick. I think he's a very, very athletic tight end, former wide receiver. Um, he's got these – I don't know how you explain it other than just saying wide receiver tendencies because he played wide receiver. I believe he came in at like 207 pounds or something like that um, out of high school. And he just – he's an undersized dog. I think he's going to run 4.55. Five. He's tough. Um, he contorts his body to make these tough catches. He's got an incredible burst. He reminded me of like a Brevin Jordan from last season or an Irv Smith with, with burst. Uh, very excited about him. Uh, do you have any thoughts on Isaiah Likely?
1: Yeah, no. He was one of the guys that I had. I watched a lot of the Coastal
0: games this year.
1: And to your point, right, he does seem like a very athletic tight end. He's got a lot of the wide receiver tendencies. He's able to get out in open space. He's able to find the soft uh, areas and zone coverage and catch the ball. And then he seems to be just, uh, you know, kind of the safety valve for Grayson McCall this year. And his breakout seemed to coincide with Grayson McCall's kind of breakout. So I agree with you there. I think he's, for me, he's number four. I think number three, I've got someone listed number three in my rankings, but, for, but I think he's a great number four. I think he's, like, right behind my number three tight end. Only because of the I like competition.
0: That. I like that. And when you look at the stats with Isaiah Likely, five touchdowns, five touchdowns, five touchdowns, 12 touchdowns. What you said, that safety blanket for Grayson McCall, 900 yards receiving this season on 60 receptions, and it's a very sneaky stat, but it is what it is. They're using him. Three carries. He had three carries. And, you know, well, that's only three carries. But they're using him. They're, they're trying to be – uh, smart with him, like, kind of like what you saw John o. Smith happened in Tennessee where they were like, oh, we're going to put him in the backfield or we're going to give him some jet sweeps. Like, You like seeing that dynamism from these guys. Um, I really like Isaiah Likely, but again, I think he's very comparable to the guy that I have next on this list, but uh, that's Cole, Tor- Cole Turner from Nevada. Cole Turner also an ex-wide receiver coming out of high school. He's tall, very, very skinny body. He can play some X. He can play in the slot. Um, He's he's going to be amazing down, down the seam. He played wide, wide receiver the first two seasons at Nevada, but he never fired. I think he's a high-point specialist. Every time you watch him go up for a ball, it's at the highest point possible where he can catch it. Um, I think he's still got 10 pounds he can add, and I think he has the best value in this entire class because he can still put 10 more pounds on. And he's he's not as fast. Uh, I compare him to like a slower Mike Gusecki. He's not as fast as Gusecki. He's not going to be quite as athletic. But that's a type you're looking at. He's going to be playing 50% in the slot. You're going to be able to put him out at X. I love Cole Turner out of Nevada. Obviously, he's paired with Carson Strong um, and Romeo Dubes at Nevada. But I think Cole Turner has the ability to be one of the most underrated tight ends in this class overall.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there. He great potential. Again, you're he's not as fast like you said compared to Isaiah likely in open space. He is a great 50-50 catch catch ball receiver uh, because he's got that background as a receiver. Um, but, yeah, he looked like he knew what he was doing on the field. I mean, and, again, the breakout coincides with Carson Strong. Again, that's your only concern. That's my only concern, right, is that <clears throat> with Carson Strong being ranked so highly in this draft class, right, for the quarterback position, or is, he, is Cole Turner a product of that, or is Cole Turner have natural ability to produce on his own without having a you know, potential first, second round quarterback that's going to get drafted.
0: I love him. I think he, so if you look at like him and and Isaiah Likely, like I said before, I think they're very, very close comparable. And I have Likely three, Turner four. I think there's a clear tier break from McBride to Weidermeyer, And then from Weidermeyer is in his own tier as well, down to Likely and Turner. But then once we get past Cole Turner, can you tell me a little bit about this guy, Jake Ferguson from the University of Wisconsin?
1: So, yeah, so Jake Ferguson, right now, he's my number six ranked tight end on the board here. For me, he's never going to jump off the page to you because as a Big Ten fan who watches tons of Big Ten football games, they can be the most boring games in the world for all the skilled position players except for the running back position because they they don't throw a lot of passes, they're not doing anything fancy with folks, all they need are tight ends that can steadily catch the ball when relied upon, make a couple people miss, and then carry a couple people across the goal line when they need to. And that's exactly what Jake Ferguson did. Um, highlights of him show mostly going down the seams and making catches, um, usually running into contact immediately, and then absolutely pancaking defenders when called upon for run blocking. So, again, he's not going to jump off the page to you stats-wise. Um, but his importance on the field, he is just your solid tight end, right? 6'6", six, six, uh, 260, or 6'5", 244. He's absolutely just solid tight end through and through, Big Ten football player. Just He's going to those people when he needs to and catch the ball in crucial situations. Other than that, I don't expect to see him running out of X position or running in the slot at all. You're going to see him be your classic tight end, right? High.
0: High floor, low ceiling type of type of player. Exactly. That's exactly where I haven't dialed in. I literally wrote in the comp box, patfriermuth.com, which is that old school lineup, Kyle Rudolph type, kind of just line up, block, and then go out and catch the pass. Do, this, do the right things. 30-plus receptions all four years at Wisconsin, 300-plus, 400, 400, 400-plus 400 receiving yards. It's not going to pop off the show sheet to you, but he's versatile, very boring player. But he makes the catch, and he does the requisite work. First downs, touchdowns. He gets it up. He points to the end zone. First down. Gives the ball to the ref. Goes on to the next play. Literally, patfryermuth.com. 20 games where he only had one or two receptions, but he had those few games where he popped off and he showed you what he could do. Illinois, 7 for 72 and three touchdowns. Penn State, 9 for 52. Minnesota, 5 for 46 and a touchdown. Illinois, 5 for 77 and a touchdown. He can do it. He seems to be put in an offense that can. Obviously, we know what Wisconsin's done the last 5, 10 years with these running backs. Run the rock, run the rock, run the rock. But if you put Jake Ferguson in an offense, like you saw with Pat Fryermuth, he can go in year one and he can get that work. That's what I like about Jake Ferguson. That's why I have him up at 5. I think he's still underrated, but I think five's a good spot for him because I think there's a clear tier, tier break between, like I said, McBride to Weitermeyer, Weidermeyer to Likely, and Likely and Turner down to this Ferguson to Dulcich area. You, where'd you say you had um, Ferguson at? I had Ferguson at number six because okay, we have I not like talked
1: that. about my third rank guy. We have we have disrespected this man for too long, and I think now it's time we bring him up. Char Charlie Kohler, the tight end out of Iowa State. To me, he is the classic tight end, college tight end, with stained production. It's even keel production again. Nothing too crazy because you got a dynamic running back that a lot of us know, right? Brees Hall at Iowa State. If you got Brees Hall, you're probably not gonna pass a whole lot either. You're gonna run the rock and pound the rock with him instead. So nothing fancy. And uh you know him and like Jake Ferguson can block, right? Because they both have dynamic running backs in the backfield there that, that are being used more heavily than the passing game. And to me, that's why like that's what pops off the page more with him than with Cole Turner, than Isaiah likely, right? So I've got him ranked number three ahead of both of those guys because he can catch the ball when he needs to, right? But he's going to run block, and run blocking is is highly valuable by a lot of these NFL teams, right? They're, they're looking for guys that can catch the ball than the seams, right, and have a mismatch with with uh, linebackers. Kohler can do that too, and he's had more sustained production than either of those two guys. So to me... I like him better than those two guys and I have him up
0: at number three. I like Charlie Kohler. I don't hate him. I got a buddy that goes to all the Iowa State games and he's told me year after year he he's like Charlie Kohler's so good. He's gonna be the best tight end in the class. And I'm like, man, chill out, chill out. But when I started watching him, I was like, he has he, he doesn't have the it factor, but he, he has the long term lasting NFL, the I, I put a slow Tyler Eifert. I like Eifert and I like Kohler. I don't love him, but I like him. He's got a dangerous red zone magnet. They got him listed like 6'7". I think he's gonna, probably going to come in at 6'6", six, six, but he's a tall dude. Runs almost every route. Great, great body control. He's just not my type. He's not the athlete that McBride, Turner, White or Miter are, but I like him, and that's why I have him at six right behind Ferguson, because I don't think he has quite the upside Ferguson does, like I said with Pat Friermuth, but I think he still has enough. He's going to be a lasting player in the NFL, and that's I guess the main point about this entire class is how stacked this this tight end room is. And we can talk about the depth kind of at quarterback where there's six, seven dudes that we don't really know who's number one and we don't really know who's number seven. But we're going to find out at the Senior Bowl because six of the seven guys are there. And at tight end, you're talking about the same thing. Is there really that big of a difference between McBride and Kohler and what they've done in college? No. Kohler's been dominant. And they're all going to be at the Senior Bowl except for Jalen Weitermeyer. So I'm excited to see if Charlie Kohler can kind of show that he's a better athlete and show he's a better tight end than these other guys when everyone's going to be down here competing. So I'm excited about these guys. I'm glad you brought him up. I'm glad you like him. You said you have him at number three. I have him at six. We're right there. We're right, we're right close. It's just kind of like choose your flavor, I think, with a Charlie Kohler in comparison to these lighter guys like Likely and Turner. But like Frank says in the chat, 245 pounds. That's, you want those big, oh, he's talking about Ferguson, but you want these big guys, right? And and Charlie Kohler, 6'7", 6'6", he's going to bring it. Another guy that I haven't watched a lot of, but I just turned it on this morning, Cade Otten out of Washington. He's not a big target hog, but he makes all those catches down the seam in the red zone, very, very old school, great hands, and he has the size to start year one. He has the size to start year one. That he just needs that time to kind of marinate. Remember Max Williams from Minnesota? Yep. He he had like this. It was back when Mitch Leidner was the quarterback. And Mitch Leidner and Max Williams, before the college football season started that year, I can't remember what year it was, 14, maybe 15. But anyway, they had like first round talk and buzz. And it was like, these guys are going to be good. Max Williams is going to be great. That's what K Otten reminded me of was Max Williams. And I was like, why? Why? I don't know. But so what he really reminded me of, I don't know. Now I just realized that he's not actually on our list, but I just went down the ranking anyway. But anyway, KDOT, you want to talk about him a little bit or no? I don't think we need
1: to touch on KDOT in that whole, uh, whole lot. I mean, we're not going to see him at Senior Bowl, um, but again, he's Max Williams, light, um, you know, terrible kind of quarterback play, real kind of black box prospect. Like, what do we really know
0: about him? Because Washington's football program has been in disarray the last few years. Let's go to the next guy that's actually on the team, national team, playing for the New York Jets this next week at the Senior Bowl. The last guy from the national team, Jeremy Ruckert from Ohio State. Do you have thoughts on Jeremy Ruckert? Because I know before the show you're like, man, I don't know what it is, but I want to hear your thoughts. Ohio State fans, earmuffs, earmuff
1: time. Um, I, I don't think he's very good. I, I don't I don't understand the hype here. Um, that's my hot take here. I don't understand how high how how why he's so high highly ranked. Um, I know he's big, right? Six, six, two, six, five, 252. I get it. He's a big dude. He moves off the page. He got a, maybe a lot of potential. Um, but again, I mean, what are we doing here? Like, there are guys with higher sustained production that, that are that you got some services ranking record above. Right, I saw today that Rucker was ranked above Charlie Kohler. and I saw that. Uh, I've even seen people rank uh, Rucker above Cole Turner and Isaiah Likely even too. And I don't understand it. I mean, I know he's got the big, you know, Ohio State logo on his chest, and you know he did have some some plays that popped on the screen. But I don't understand it here. I don't. Again, I don't think he's very good right now. Um, he's gonna have a lot of potential maybe, but I mean, if you're drafting him on
0: potential. Okay. Cool. Exactly. Exactly. That's the problem. The problem is one game out of 26 with five plus receptions, five for 47 and two touchdowns. He had one big breakout game. It came against Indiana in 2021. His third season, fourth season, sorry, at Ohio State. I don't, I mean, there's not a lot to love other than he's a fantastic blocker. He's underutilized at Ohio State. I think a lot of Adam Troutman. Think about how they used him to begin the year in New Orleans. It was blocking, blocking, blocking. Troutman, consequently, had a phenomenal senior bowl a couple of years back. Play style is close to Troutman, Kyle Rudolph. But he's more of a fluid athlete, I think, than both those guys, Troutman and Rudolph. I think if he gets into the right system, he can be a top 15 tight end. We saw Rudolph do that. He was 8, 9, 10, finishes at tight end in fantasy. Ruckert has that upside. But again, what you're talking about. You're not drafting upside. You're not going to draft upside in the second, third round of the NFL draft. He's going to be a fourth, fifth-round pick probably at the earliest. And it's going to be a long-term investment. I think of like a Hunter Long. Hunter Long got hurt this year. They knew he probably wasn't going to play much. They had Gasecki. They got uh, Adam Shaheen, Durham Smythe. They got all these tight ends down in Miami. That's a situation that you want to see Jeremy Rucker go to where he can sit for two years and he's got the blocking down, Learn the receiving from a good receiving tight end, and take that next step but again ruckert year one year two i'm i'm not gonna be buying i'm not gonna be holding i'm gonna be waiting until i see that opportunity open up then i'm gonna pounce
1: yeah. i think next guy up on the list here for the american team right greg Dulcich out of ucla uh and a little undersized compared to the other folks that are in this class. I mean, 6'3 compared to 6'6 and 6'5 versus most of these guys, right? Uh, however, was dynamic after the catch. Uh, the highlights the highlights kind of tell the tale for him, right? Um, with Dorian Green Thompson back there, uh, he's absolutely electric to watch. The one play that I remember from memory as I started to do some research on him was when he juked out a couple of LSU defenders this year making his way to the house. Uh, just, like I said, pretty electric to watch, good in the
0: open spaces. Tell me what you like about Greg Dulcich. The thing I like about Greg Dulcich is he took that next step already. You saw Ruckert hasn't taken the next step yet. You've seen Dulcich get used. Yeah, he might come in a little shorter, but he's just as thick as Ruckert. Have the back-to-back in the rankings. I think I'm going to bump Dulcich up a little bit as the season goes on, but... Four for, 20, 4 for 126 and a touchdown against Colorado. 8 for 167 against USC. 9 for 136 against Arizona State. 3 for 117 against LSU. Like, these are tight end stat lines. 3 for 117, 4 for 126. Do you, do you even, like, put that together? Like, I'm not talking 10 for 120, like you see in the NFL from these tight ends where they 10 yards, 11 yards, fall down. 10 yards, 11. I'm talking four for 125. That is, when you really think about that, you're like, wow, man, he's sneakily fast. He's a really awkward runner, but it works. And it's not always the big 100-yard games, but even six for 52, three for 87, two for 75. It's just big play after big play after big play. Possession tight end, great hands, great awareness. I really like Greg Dulcich, and I think he's going to rise up More and more as the season goes on. But, yeah, like a slight, a smaller version of a Jimmy Grant. That's his playing style. That's what I had written down. Uh, I really like Greg Dulcich, but I think there's a little bit where he can grow. I don't think he's going to be a year number one guy. It's probably going to be a mid-year two before he breaks out. But I want to see him go somewhere where he can get utilized, maybe in an offense behind a Kittle, where he can learn a little bit. Injuries happen. He gets those opportunities. Do you got Greg Dulcich in the top ten?
1: Um. Yeah, I would have him, I mean, 8 or 9, right behind some of those other guys. Uh, you know, he's not as dynamic as some of the other folks, and he doesn't have the sustained, you know, even keel production that you like to see from folks like Kohler or Ferguson. Uh, but have him above Jeremy Ruckert. Yeah, within
0: the top 10 for sure. we got two more guys on this list from the senior bowl. Neither guy is going to pop up the screen to you. Grant Calcaterra, tight end from Southern Southern Methodist, uh, transferred from Oklahoma, and then Daniel Bellinger, a blocking tight end from San Diego State. Do you have thoughts on either of these guys? Because I jumped in. Grant Calcaterra, um, he retired after the 2019 season, skipped 2020, had some neck concussion injuries, and we all thought he was done because early on when he came to Oklahoma, it was like, this guy's going to be the next thing. He's a little undersized. And now he kind of reminds me of like a Noah Gray situation from last year where... He goes to Kansas City, kind of what I just talked about with Dulcich. Put him behind Kittle, put like Calcaterra. Same situation as Noah Gray last year. He's pro ready, but he's a little undersized. Put him behind Kelsey, etc. Things like that. Get him a year behind the aging stud. Uh, possession, possession receiver. He plays very smooth underneath, inside. Tyler Conklin esque. Cal- Calcaterra, I prefer over Dan Bellinger.
1: Right, um, yeah. I would say, I would say, yeah. Grant has a lot of. A lot of upside, right? If he can stay healthy, get back on the field, he's he is going to be a lot older than some of the other seniors, right? I mean, you're talking about a whole year removed compared to the other seniors that are going to be here. So he's going to have a lot of work to do, a lot of catching up to do. You're right. If he ends up behind somebody like a George Kittle, right, or a TJ Hawkinson somewhere, he can learn the position. I think, I think there is probably where you're going to capitalize on him being a great tight end. Uh, But with Daniel Bellinger, again, a team that's going to pound the rock is going to love this guy, right? This is Pete Carroll's probably favorite tight end, where they can, you know, shove Russell Wilson in a closet and not let him throw the ball at all and just pound the rock Chris Carson until his legs break or Rashad Penny's ankles crack in half and just have Daniel Bellinger out there blocking defensive ends all day long. Um, Again, not going to catch the ball a whole lot, but, yeah, he's going to be some... coach's wet dream if they love to pound the rock for sure
0: i like that and the close comparable that i came up with wasn't so much the playing style a little bit but not really it was uh, the run blocking specialist you can catch thick dalton schultz i was in a deep deep fantasy league i'm talking 53 man rosters uh my first real deep league a couple years ago in 2018 the rookie draft i drafted dalton schultz in the ninth round of that rookie draft, there's 10 rounds, obviously, IDP, offense, whatever it may be. Um, and Dalton Schultz is a guy that I was like, ah, probably not going to hit, but it's going to be a couple years. That league ended up folding. But regardless, I had Dalton Schultz. It was the same draft that took Dalton Schultz and I think Philip Lindsay in the ninth round. It's these guys you throw darts on. Bellinger, he's going to be – if you're in – got to be in those stupid, league, stupid deep leagues if you're going to even consider adding a guy like this to your taxi squad you're not going to touch him for three seasons. It's just a dart. It's just a dart. Now you look what Dalton Schultz is. That's what Bellinger is. Bellinger's going to take a long time, but three seasons later, he could be that guy. But I'm saying, again, preface this, you got to be in stupid deep leagues if you're going to put Daniel Bellinger on a taxi squad of any sorts. Otherwise, don't even touch him. Because he takes a lot. He's going to take a lot for him to break out, get opportunities. It's just, I just don't think he's going to be that guy. Got anybody else on your list that you want to talk about that did not make the senior bowl? Andy? Uh, I would say the one guy that, um,
1: to me that kind of jumps off the page that I think he's a junior right now is Josh Wiley, or Weil, uh from Cincinnati. I think for me, he's probably the most interesting guy that's not going to be there only because, I mean, your team went to the playoff, right? You've got Jerome Ford that you're blocking for. Again, kind of like he falls into the same camp as Charlie Kohler and Jake Ferguson, right? You have a dynam- dynamic running back that you're going to pound the rock with. And so you're not going to you're going to see him his stats jump off the page at all. But to me, I think he's a guy that will end up rising on draft boards depending on how some of these other later, uh, lower ranked you know tight ends kind of fare in the Senior Bowl, right? So if Jeremy Ruckert kind of screws up or doesn't break out as high as we think he's going to be, or uh, you know Grant Cal- Calcaterra or Daniel Bellinger aren't as good as we think, or Greg Dulcich kind of you know flames out of the Senior Bowl. Josh Wild may be someone that may move up draft boards if 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 that happens because he is sustained production, great blocking tight end, great in open space, can make contested catches when he needs to. A little undersized at two thirty five, but uh, you know we've seen a lot of these tight ends take that um, you know NFL NFL jump right in terms of their strength and conditioning. So I don't have a lot of concerns there. But he's the guy that
0: I'm going to keep an eye out for. That's the dart you want to throw. You want to throw a dart at a guy that's more receiving-esque than a Dan Bellinger. Dan Bellinger, like I said before, run-blocking specialist. It's going to take him three seasons to learn. You think Josh Weil can take that next step? All he needs to do is add probably 10, 15 pounds body weight. He gets into the right offense. He can do that. He's at least shown on the receiving end of the spectrum what he can do and that he can grow from there. So you like Josh Weil. I like that. A couple of other guys that are missing, Jalen Weidermeyer, We did not talk about him. He's the one guy in the top ten that is not going to be. Him and Kate Otten are the two guys in the top ten that are not going to be at the Senior Bowl. Jalen Weidermeyer, I'll just do a quick uh, revamp on him. He can do it all. He's huge at the beginning of the whole process. He's the highest-ranked uh, projected draft guy uh, in the NFL draft, currently projected to pick 40.3 according to the NFL draft. Big board on playerprofiler.com. You can go check that out in the Dynasty Deluxe section. He has the ability to be the best in the class at his size and athleticism. He reminded me of a Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett, just the playing style, um, in and out of breaks, Austin Hooper, methodical, uh, very nice playing style. But, again, I think Trey McBride has the most upside, but Jalen Weidermeyer is probably going to be the most consistent. Do you have thoughts on Weidermeyer? Do you have him two? Do you have him three?
1: Yeah, I've got him number two as well. Um, Just like you said, size, speed athleticism dude is absolutely massive when you watch him play uh and again your production you know your production's gonna be a little hampered when you've got Isaiah Spiller who's you know high on a lot of folks draft boards I know we talked about him uh last week you can catch that on the previous episode of the feature cast but yeah for me I think he's number two uh right behind
0: Trey McBride for sure just like you said, you can go check that out. Last week's Future Cast is on on YouTube. You can click right here wherever you're watching it on YouTube, um, youtube.com forward slash the Pod We talked about running backs and quarterbacks last week, tight ends today, and we'll talk about wide receivers next Friday, this coming Friday, uh, the 28th, I believe it is. But right now, I just sent over a link to Annie. We did not have this in the show sheet, but we're going to pop it up right now, anyways. It's the official 100 underclassmen that will be a part of the 2020 NFL Draft. Andy, as you skim through that list that I just sent you there, is there anybody that really pops off the screen for me? I, I'm, there's not that many guys. I just This is my first time opening this up. A couple names that I don't recognize. It's... Uh, Sky, Sky Moore is probably the guy that I'm most excited for that we didn't talk about last week. We'll talk about him on one of these upcoming episodes. Do you see this list that I just sent you over?
1: Yeah, I just pulled it up right now. Um, I mean, two guys that we haven't talked about yet that we will talk about next week, right? Traylon Burks, obviously, pops off the page of you. And then uh, David Bell out of Purdue as well. They're two key, uh, highly ranked and highly sought-after wide receivers. Both of them are gonna be electric to watch. Um, but again, aren't gonna have the opportunity to to perform the senior bowl, obviously, since they're not seniors.
0: As we preface for next week's show, next week's show will be solely on wide receivers. It'll be next Friday twenty eighth at seven eight p.m., eight p.m. Eastern time, seven P.M. Central or something like that. Somewhere around that time. Anyways, Andy will be on the national team. He will be the coach of the Jets and I will be the coach of the Lions. And we will each break down these six guys on each team. And that's how we're going to attack next week's episode. We're going to come in, guns blazing, and we're going to make a statement on why our guy should or should not be the best guy at the senior bowl. Because when we talk about this class at the senior bowl, it's not that strong. But we're going to try and break it down as best possible. I do have one more question, though, before we get out of here, Andy. That's because, like we talked about last week, you put your money on Alabama in the national championship. Are you surprised that Slade Bolden is coming out?
1: Not, not really. Uh, he, I had a lot of faith in him in that in that that game, and he had made a couple of great catches. But there were a couple of times too where it looked like he was getting caught by by people after getting ten yards or fifteen yards on them. It looked like he was getting run down from folks. So looks a little slower on screen than what I would have hoped for. But
0: I'm not I'm not surprised. I'd say. I, I was a little surprised just because I thought Mechie Williams came out and a lot of guys went back to Bama. I thought for sure Slade Bolden just reminded me of a type of guy that would go back. He wants to go back, get that championship. So I was a little a little kind of torn away, I guess you could say. I don't know how you'd word it, but I was a little surprised that he didn't go back just because seemed like that reception guy, that, that possession receiver that could have maybe used another year, but, again, I think he's also NFL ready. I think he's a, a Renfro type. But let's end it, Andy, on this. I want one bold tight end breakout, maybe a, a guy you think should excel at the senior bowl, maybe a guy that's going to flop at the senior bowl. Do you have any predictions? Let's end it with a prediction from the senior bowl from Andy Milnick.
1: Jake Ferguson has more receptions in yards than Isaiah likely at the senior bowl.